It's the Drink 5 Fantasy Football Podcast, August 4th, 2015. Tonight we'll be breaking down the AFC South. Welcome to the podcast, everybody. Uh, I'm Jason, your host. I'm joined, as always, with Dave. And uh, this week, we got our special guest, Mike. You've joined us a couple times this week. It's our good buddy, Mike Moserino. Yeah, cheers, Welcome to the guys. show, Mike. Thanks for having me on. Pleasure. Uh, so tonight, we're going to be talking about the AFC South. Uh, we have, and Mike, we would normally have given you your choice of division, but we've gone over all of the divisions now. This is the last one uh, in preparation for the preseason. After this, we're going to uh, talk some draft strategy next week, I think, and then uh, go over everything positionally leading into the beginning of the season. So football is almost here. There's a preseason game on Sunday. You guys are both Steelers fans. I know you're pumped for it. You guys look terribly excited. Yeah, of course, uh, the Hall of Fame game is going to be really cool. And I know a lot of uh, players that are going to be out there and performing. Uh, but it's one of those things where uh, the preseason games, you got the first one where hardly anybody plays of, of record, and the second one, a little, a little bit more. Third one, uh, you got guys playing for almost a half, and then the last one, pretty much nobody plays again. So I'm really excited to see everybody out there, especially uh, in my Steelers and, and Mike, your Steelers. Uh, but what sucks is that you're going to be like glued to the TV for a little while, and then you're going to start seeing people that you've never heard of play that probably won't uh, be starting for the rest of the year. Um, but being that we're in Dynasty Leagues and you know we run a fantasy football podcast, it is really important to know those up-and-coming guys. Sure. I mean, almost more so for the for the Dynasty League. But... Um, well, it, it all depends, right? If you're in a league where there's uh, 12 people or 14 mm-hmm. people or a really deep league that has a big bench, it all factors in, uh, especially to know the backups for the positional players. Um, like we know that, that the Steelers got D'Angelo Williams as a backup for Le'Veon Bell. He's going to be the starting running back for the first two games. Mm-hmm. That's important information to know, especially when you're drafting in the next couple weeks. And uh, you know, God, God help us if there's going to be injuries and mm-hmm. and and all that good stuff. We've already seen. Yeah, a couple. we'll we'll talk about a big injury uh, in a little bit. Yeah, there was a big injury yesterday. Um, so, what, what time is the Hall of Fame game on anyway? The Hall of Fame game on Sunday is actually a fifth preseason game for these teams. So, if you thought that the first game was useless enough, this is like the preseason of the preseason. Uh, well then. Well, the game's uh, eight Eastern. Eight Eastern. All yep. right. So at least they're not going to uh, delay. They're probably going to start mm-hmm. at eight oh two. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm just excited for uh, football to be back. Yeah, you'll see uh, Ben Roethlisberger for a few snaps. There's yeah. no way that he sits out the game. No. Right. Yeah, and then we basically got football on until February, so uh, rejoice. Oh, I will. <laughs> I can't wait. So, um, before we get going, I need to ask everybody, what are you guys drinking? Really Dude. not even too sure what's in my glass. I know uh, we got Ninja vs. Unicorn coming up, but what yes, I have Yes, I'm right excited now, for that one. Not too sure. Uh, I think you have a Deschutes River Ale. Okay, it's fantastic. Oh, all right, good. We're, we're I, all drinking a variety pack, uh, so I've, I've got a uh, inversion. Yes, I, ha- I also have the inversion IPA. Mm-hmm. 
So I've had the Inversion IPA before. I like it. I love uh, getting a variety pack every once in a while, and there's six different beers in the Deschutes mm. variety pack. You can't go wrong. All right, so, um, you know, last year the AFC South was good and bad. The Colts made the AFC Championship game. The um, Jaguars and the Titans were the second and third worst teams in the league. Uh, so, um, you know, you could say that uh, the Colts did really well. They played the Bengals. They played the Broncos. They had a deflating loss to Are the you New England Patriots. Mm-hmm. I'm saying you could say that. I am saying that. Okay. And then the Houston Texans are going to be. He put on... deflating in quotes. He was trying to be. I think he was trying to be really. Uh, did really you see what I there. did there? Yeah. Okay. No, I, I don't know anything about this deflate gate situation. I haven't heard anything about Tom Brady or the Patriots or lawsuits. I mean, that just completely whoosh right over my head. Good. Yeah. It's really uh, pointless at the moment. I, I find. As a Steelers <laughs> fan, I'm pretty happy Tom Brady's not in there. Could week one right now. So. Well, right now is the is the word though. Yes. Who knows what's going to happen? Looks like they're going to take it to court. Uh, yeah. I mean, I suppose when it's all said and done, we'll decide. We we can talk about it, but I don't know. Speculating on it is uh, a waste of time, in my opinion. Yeah, because speculation. We don't deal in speculation. We don't deal in no. speculation no. at all. There's no projections or or speculating on any of that. There's, there's something real in uh, at stake here. We actually know exactly how everyone's going to perform. So that's why we're doing this service to everybody, right. telling them you know what's going to happen. Right. <laughs> so um, the Indianapolis Colts they were eleven five eleven and five last year. And that's a fact. That's not, not speculation. Okay. Uh, they signed as a free agent Frank Gore. And they gave him eight point five million dollars in guaranteed money, which seems like an awful lot for a thirty-one year old running back. He's been good every season. He really has. He's been so good every. We've season. been talking about the death of Frank Gore for four years now. Yeah. And every the year, last four years, he's had at least eleven hundred yards. Every year, he runs for a thousand yards. He looks healthy, you know, et cetera, et cetera. Now he's on the Colts. Yeah. <laughs> and they're gonna they're gonna lean on him. Yeah, uh, they signed Andre Johnson. Uh, he was a free agent as well, a three-year, twenty-one million dollar contract for him. So obviously, they still see a lot of value there with Andre Johnson. So what does that mean if a team signs Frank Gore and Andre Johnson, these two veterans that are being let go by their teams, uh, or not re-signed rather? Um, does that mean that that they are gearing up for a Super Bowl run? Absolutely. Okay. I mean, they were in the championship game last year. Yeah. They've been eleven and five three years in a row. I think this could be the year that they eclipse, you know, the Patriots and they make it all the way. Uh, if it weren't for the Steelers, you know, they would they would make the Super Bowl. <laughs> <laughs> so you're predicting Colts Steelers in the AFC Championship? I don't game? see any other possibility to be honest with you. Unless there's lots of injuries, etc., I think two high-powered offenses are going to square off in the uh, AFC Championship. I think that that's going to happen for sure. Um, so they drafted Philip Dorsett, a wide receiver, in the first round, 29th pick over, overall. was kind of shocking to the team, to the players and stuff. They weren't expecting that because there is so much depth at that position because they did go out and pick up Andre Johnson. Um, but He's an old guy, though. And Reggie Wayne they just got rid of, too. Right, they don't have Reggie Wayne. I think they saw really good value at... 29 and the guy that they really wanted and they went for it well it's that thing like if you're a manager just like in fantasy uh you got to pick the best overall pick you know in some points it's not right. what you need but what's the best pick there exactly mm-hmm. it, it could be you know your third running back in the first four rounds but if it's the right pick it's the right pick yeah um and then they uh, also drafted josh robinson in the sixth round a running back um who gets lots of comparisons to maurice jones drew uh i think that he's just gonna you know try and you know, 
be spelling Frank Gore and probably nothing more. Didn't Doug Martin get a lot of uh, comparison to MJD too? So, uh, well, he is the muscle yeah. hamster. I muscle mean, hamster. he was for a little while. Vic Ballard, who's uh, running back for the Colts, if I'm not wrong, I think was injured today on the playing field in practice. Uh, he is the backup for Frank Gore, and Robinson was behind him, at least in you know the things that I've been looking at. So I don't know how serious that is. Uh, I don't think they've said anything about it, but. Frank Gore is someone that's going to have to be spelled, so whoever is the second guy there on that offense is mm-hmm. going to get points. Yeah, I mean, Dan Heron is the one who took over last year in the playoffs and stuff. Right, they have Heron, so maybe Ballard, they and Robinson. Him, but I think that Frank Gore is going to get a lot of work this year. He's going to probably have 275 carries. They gave him $8.5 million. They're just going to run him as much as they possibly yeah, yeah. can. Here you go, Frank. We're going to run you into the ground. I think this is a great value pick, you know, because Frank Gore is a guy who is the lead back on a huge offense that's not going until, like, the fourth round. Uh, Frank Gore's ADP, huh? Anyway, I'm sure we'll talk about him as we go through it. Right, well, okay, let's hit the departures from the team, and then we'll dive into the team in depth. So the departures are, you know, probably, you know, a good thing for the Colts. Right, they got rid of Trent Richardson. He was the plottingest of all the plotters, and uh, he went to the place where running backs go to die, which is Oakland. It's like the farm in the sky for like for dogs. Um, and Reggie Wayne is a wide receiver. He hasn't been signed by anybody yet. Um, he, you know, is their former superstar, but there's just no spot. Like he, he is from the Peyton Manning Peyton Manning era. You know, he's an old man once uh, Andrew Luck came around. So it was fun to see him, but he wasn't, you know, he wasn't the guy anymore. T.Y. Hilton is that guy now. Yeah, and he, oh, he, sorry, go ahead. No, he's uh, he's a free agent, isn't he? Uh, yeah, Wayne? nobody yeah, signed, no him yet. signed him yet. Yeah, he's not going to get signed. I don't think so either. Or he'll just be a veteran like uh, presence. Right. Mm-hmm. It's too bad. He's thirty-seven years old. He's had a, a couple of injuries. Mm-hmm. Like he's breaking down. He was awesome. But, you know, a quarterback might be able to be 38, 39. A wide receiver can't you know. be 40 years old. Like, that's not going to happen. He can go hang out with uh, Chad Ochocinco and Terrell Owens. And no, I'm just uh, I'm surprised he didn't retire a Colt and he's still kind of out there looking they, around. They never want to quit, yeah. man. Yeah. Never want to quit. There's a story today about Ray Rice contemplating suicide because uh, he was off the league for a whole year. I'm really interested in, in all of uh, all these free agents right now. What about Ray Rice in Houston? Yeah, that's what I'm saying. <laughs> oh. there's, yeah. there's a lot of people they could sign. We'll talk about them when we get to Houston, though. Okay. Uh, so the Colts, you know, they sucked for luck. They got Andrew Luck, and all of a sudden everything has turned around for them. Since they drafted Andrew Luck, he's gone 11-5 and five, uh, each season. Uh, I, they've made the playoffs each one of those years. They've been a really good team. They've been improving every year. Andrew Luck's been improving. They extended his – not extended, but they picked up his fifth-year option – uh, on his rookie contract this year. So he is definitely going to be due a payday probably next year sometime. Because uh, I think it's I think this is his fourth year. Nope. So they picked up his deal for next year, and you know they'll probably make a big contract extension, make him the highest-paid player in the league, I would imagine, next year at some point. Um, so he's going to be you know the leader of the team for the time being. Andrew Luck is going to be a top-five quarterback in fantasy, I think. Don't he's think being dressed as the top one quarterback in fantasy right now. Right, so it, it's safe to say it's that him he's, and Rogers, that yeah. there's no argument that he's going to finish in the top five. No, he's no. great. You remember last year, I had Andrew Luck on a couple teams, and it was always interesting to watch him and watch what was going on because it seemed like 
he would do kind of poorly in the first quarter or two and then yeah. come back and score four touchdowns. He would throw two picks it was crazy. and then throw a million. Yeah, he had 17 interceptions last year. So if he can, get, so he has a lot of room to improve still. If he can get over that, then he's going to be by far like one of the best quarterbacks in the league. Yep. It's, 40 it's touchdowns pretty amazing. is pretty sweet. Yeah, it's going to be fun to watch for a lot of years to come. I know. I mean, um, the, the Colts and the Packers can recover from losing the best quarterback in their franchise like immediately. Yet some teams can never get that guy <laughs> to ever play on their team. Mm-hmm. Um, so uh, Luck is going to be the guy who is you know, the best player on the team by far. But uh, who's going to be the beneficiary of him? Um, aside from T.Y. Hilton, who last year had 1,300 yards, 82 catches, who's going to have the same kind of year this year? You know, He's going to have over 80 catches. Mm-hmm. He's going to have over 1,200 yards, I would assume. Um, you know, That's just going on the low end. He could probably wind up being like an 1,800-yard guy if they really wanted to give him the ball like 100 times. Yeah, they're not going to, though, because they have Andre Johnson. And they, exactly. bought, they got him for exactly. a reason. I think all those other guys on that team, there's there's some talent there, like you mentioned with uh, Philip Dorsett and Dante Moncrief, and but a lot of those guys are just kind of, you know, peanut gallery. That that offense runs around T.Y. Hilton and now Andre Johnson and Frank Gore and Andrew Luck. So, you think Andre Johnson has a chance of a, kind of a resurgence here in his uh, last couple of years playing in the NFL? I do. I uh, I think uh, Andre Johnson comes back, especially with Luck and a dependable quarterback in there. I think he's gonna, you know, he's set up for a, a great year. He had Hopkins outside him, uh, you know, uh, what was it, uh, two, three years in Houston, but now he's got T.Y. Hilton out there, and more well, his quarterbacks he's were got, crappy. He's got yeah. Andrew Luck now. Exactly. So I mean, I think that's uh, the big thing. Yeah. I think Andre Johnson's uh, due for a a good bounce back year as long as he stays healthy right and you know his adp is fifth round so yep. fifth round fifth round pick mm-hmm. for for a guy that uh could easily you know be a, a top 10 wide receiver and one that's probably gonna have a bunch of red zone looks mm-hmm. and uh, it's not like teams can just focus on him because little ty hilton is running around at like four four speed <laughs> i mean you can't how are you gonna defend all those guys mm-hmm. yeah i too like andre johnson he has had over 100 catches five different seasons. He's been over 1,500 yards three times. Last year he had 85 catches, 936 yards. He wasn't averaging uh, you know, his normal average per catch, and that's because he had a really bad quarterback situation. I'm he in on is going to be 34, but look, one, two more years out of Andre Johnson, still going to be really good. Look at what Roddy White's been able to do. Yeah, we're talking about good value picks here, and that's definitely one of them. Uh, you have a guy that has a chance to be one of the best receivers this year and is being picked really low right now. I think the hype will build as August continues. So if you have any drafts coming up soon, I think it's a good time to sort of snipe him before people realize that Frank Gore and Andre Johnson are on the Indianapolis Colts. Yeah, that hmm. team's going to be really good. It didn't seem like um, you know a lot in the offseason, in March, in when they signed everybody, but oh, I, I now was, it I was really, it, yeah. yeah. Now it, you know, in perspective. But you knew what they were doing. Good. They're they're going to win it, right? They're yeah. They're trying to. They, they see a window of the next couple of years where they have a lot of talent on their team. Um, they'll be able to rebuild again around Andrew Luck if this version of the team doesn't work out. But you know, it's really hard to have all of those parts all at once. Uh, so elsewhere, like you said, um, Philip Dorsett. Uh, Dante Moncrief, Griff Whalen, Deron Carter. Um, there's a lot of targets for them for Andrew Luck to choose from. I think that his tight ends are probably not going to have too many catches this year. 
Um, even Dwayne Allen, when he's you know healthy, when he's playing a lot, he's only getting like four catches per game. So he's not a huge threat. Um, I don't know that either of them are really going to get into the top ten. Dwayne Allen has the best chance. He was like a 12 last year. Um, so, you know, between Dwayne Allen and Kobe Fleener, you have to go with Allen every time for now. Um, Kobe Fleener just doesn't have all of the talent to play in the NFL on every down. i got to disagree with you. I think Kobe Fleener was like the number seven tight end last year. I think he had eight touchdowns and eight hundred yards or something like that. I I think Fleener is a is a huge. He had eight. Yeah, he did. He's a huge target. Scored a ton of points, and I don't know that anything has really been decided uh, as far as between Allen and Fleener. Well, now they have Andre Johnson to be catching all those passes. I understand, but you have to look into effect. You said that Dwayne Allen was like number twelve. Well, Fleener was better than him, and so if they're going to go out there, why wouldn't they use them in two tight end sets? Why wouldn't they use them as much as they can? I think Fleener is kind of a under the radar pick right now, for me. Um, I liked Kobe Fleener last year. Um, he's going in the thirteenth round, and he could end up being a tight end, a top ten tight end again. Thirteenth round—that's ridiculous. Uh, but as you said, I mean, the tight end position is difficult to pick, and if they decide that Dwayne Allen is the guy and it's not Fleener, then whatever you know pick you make on Fleener is not going to be worth it because you'll never be able to predict what games he. Uh, gets the ball and what games he doesn't. Um, wow, but I, he was sixth overall. That's what I'm telling you. I think Fleener is a really good pick. I think Fleener is someone not to look over. All right, well, that'll be interesting to see what happens with them this year. Um, and then finally, with the running game in Indianapolis, we've been talking about Frank Gore all night, mentioning how he's going to be the savior of their running game. Um, he has 1,000 yards every season. Uh, I'm always afraid to just go with Gore because I figure that I'm, it'll be finally the time when everything goes wrong with him. But I don't know. I think that Frank Gore on a team like this where uh, he's never going to face seven men in the box is or the, the extra man, the eighth man in the box, uh, you know, is going to have a lot of running room. Yeah, I. Uh... If he's not getting hit a lot, then he's not going to break down. In, in in the notes you have, it says that Gore has an ADP of uh, 28 overall, but that's not what I see. Oh, you know what's interesting? Is I see fourth round ADP. I Well, when I look it up on uh, Fantasy Pros, it's showing me he's 12 and he's um, overall, uh, oh, he's running back 16. That's the that's the 12th running back uh, selected. 12th running back, 27 overall is what I have. So that's no, like the third round. No, it's 36. Are you like? Do you have a different consensus of experts than I do? No, it's just an it's an overall draft uh, consensus. But you know, regardless, um, that's that's what I'm looking at. You know, perhaps it is somewhere between that third and fourth round. I, I know that the I looked in the same place earlier today and right now, and he's actually gone up by one spot. He went from 13 to 12 for our running backs. Well, I think he's going to slowly climb up as people again realize that. They have these awesome players that are going to do really well, and they're veterans. Maybe they're injury prone or whatever you, you know, tag you want to put on them. But it speaks for himself. His resume speaks for itself. It certainly does. So many years of th- over a thousand. I'm I'm actually thinking about a lot of leagues this year, sort of not worrying about those top ten guys and going with a whole bunch of people that are in that like ten to twenty range. 
because a lot of those running backs tend to, um, I think, overperform for that position that they get drafted at. But you got to get a couple, though, right? You can't just have one and, and just hope that that one's going to well, work out for yeah, you. Well, yeah, of course. <laughs> Need contingency plans. Yeah. When you're drafting early, you're going to take the best available player. You know, in the first two, three rounds, you always do that. Okay, so so who's the second guy there? Is it is it Dan Heron or Vic Ballard or Josh Robinson? I mean, I don't know that that's going to be decided immediately. I suspect that Vic Ballard will get uh, action on third down, stuff like that. But Frank Gore is going to he's going to be in on so many plays. You know, he's going to be on the field so much. He used to catch a lot of passes, right? He used to be targeted 70, 80 times a year, and he would catch over fifty passes. Uh, that kind of stopped when Colin Kaepernick became quarterback. I think it's because every time a quarterback would normally dump it off, Colin Kaepernick would just scramble. So I expect Frank Gore to get a lot of passes this year because Andrew Luck is a very smart quarterback, and he knows that he's got a talented guy coming out of the backfield who has good hands and will catch the ball. Um, I think he's going to go back to having, like, 50 points. You're going to see, like, you know, you're going to see, like, a Matt Forte-ish, you know, 75% 75% of Matt Forte, uh, you know, coming out of Frank Gore. <laughs> I don't think so. Well, look what Andrew Luck did with Ahmad Bradshaw last year. Well, Ahmad Bradshaw is a different guy, though. Yeah, than Frank Gore. Well, Ahmad Bradshaw is, is, is Ben, like a really talented, passing down, good in spaces kind of back. Yeah, but just the point being, Andrew Luck is, you know. He'll he, make you better. Yeah, absolutely. Frank Gore was that guy for like five or six years. Yeah, but he's 31 years old. I don't know. I keep going back to the old. He's stuff. actually I've, thirty-two. Thirty-two. <laughs> I've been a Frank Gore hater like pretty much every year, but now that he's so on the Colts, I. I mean, I feel like that changes my I feel perspective like, a little bit. I feel bit. like the hate I would feel towards any Niner mm-hmm. is gone away now. I'm like, oh, Frank Gore, he's just this guy, you know? Uh, absolutely. Why did you hate the Forty ers <laughs> Oh, come on, the Forty. I mean, I always hated the Forty ers because they always won and they would beat the Bears like when we were little. What do you like, mean like in the 90s? So I just grew up like not liking the 49ers. <laughs> well, they're and, a totally different team now, especially now that they're yeah, entire... Yeah, with Jim Harbaugh and Colin Kaepernick and Michael Crabtree, like a bunch of other players that are easy to root against. Like, yeah, you know, it was easy in the modern day to also root against Don't them. Don't you hear that Michael Crabtree has apparently been doing really, really well? I uh, can't wait to see him play against Richard Sherman again. Yeah. I mean, that's just, you know, get your popcorn out. <laughs> All right, so uh, so I think we all agree that the Colts are going to have a really good year. Um, it, last year they finished eleven and five, so they'll probably have a similar record or slightly better and make it as far as uh, you know at least like the uh, championship game. They're going to be the one seed in the playoffs this year. No, they're certainly going to win a bunch of games. They're going to win a lot this year. You're going to be picking them in every week in the confidence pools. It's Colts, Colts, Colts. Sixteen every time. Yeah, and you don't mention the defense. The defense is not so great on that team. However, it's one of those things that doesn't really matter as long as they can put up 35 points. It's going to be who can score more points this year, the Patriots. I'm sorry. Well, I guess, yeah, the Patriots, we'll throw them in there. The Broncos, the Colts, or the Steelers. Yeah, the Patriots. Those are the powerhouses in the AFC. Yeah. Those are all the teams with amazing offenses. Like, the teams with really good defenses aren't going to be able to keep up. I almost think the Dolphins might eclipse the Patriots this year. We'll see. Maybe, but there's no way that they're up to the caliber of the Colts and the Steelers. No, no, no. You know, not those offenses. The Steelers' offense is going to be something amazing, too. Todd Haley, uh, by the way, speaking of the Steelers, is uh, a lot of rumors going around about him being a head coach again. 
because he's sort of proved himself there. He got one more year. If the Steelers do really well or they win a Super Bowl, he's going to be coaching someone. Yeah, he will be. He's, He'll well, get another chance. He's a little nutty, but he's not too nutty. Well, he's like toned down a little bit, and, right, and he's right. an awesome play caller. He's a little less bro. I <laughs> I love I love some of the stuff I saw last year. We saw uh, some crazy like uh, like end arounds and like uh, Antonio Brown Antonio Brown had a, and what was it? Marcus <laughs> Wheaton had a carry in like every game. Yeah, they reminded me of what the Bears did with Alshon Jeffrey his first year. It is great. I don't want to just make this about the Steelers, so let's move on. <laughs> well, you do. But I do. Yes. That's okay. You're right. I do. Well, we can move on to the Houston Texans now. Uh, unless anybody has anything else to say about the Colts. No, but we need some kind of uh, of musical crescendo into the Houston Texans, I feel like. <laughs> Raft lots of Colts. Oh, there we go. Yeah. Actually, not lots. All right, cheers, fellas. I think we cheers. need to get into our Unicorn versus Ninja. Or Ninja versus Unicorn, as it may be. Do you believe I would take such a thing with me and give it to a I just want to look at the cans. They're so cool. Oh, they're great. I haven't really gotten to see one of the cans yet. They're always in bombers. And this is, of course, from Pipeworks. Oh, that's fucking badass. Even the artwork on our bombers is, is great. That's good. So, uh, and You know what's really cool to see in a liquor store that has a huge Pipeworks mm-hmm. selection? Because it's just like a wall of art. So the Texans, they are uh, the the team on HBO this year, right? Right, they are on Hard Knocks this year. Which of course means that uh, all of the drama will be exaggerated tenfold. Um, All of the players will be overvalued when it comes time to draft. And, uh, you know, they're going to probably be stressing the quarterback, uh, you know, competition a whole lot in the show. That's my prediction, which is a natural thing for any show to do that's about football. Yeah, that that competition is crazy because I have no idea which one of those guys is going to win. Right, well, uh, the two guys up for the uh, starting job are both new to the team, right? So Ryan Mallett and Brian Hoyer, uh, I'm sorry, Mallett is not new to the team. He was signed to an extension. Mm -hmm. Uh, Brian Hoyer came over from Cleveland. They're both going to compete for the starting job. Mallet's got a huge arm, but Hoyer is the guy that like uh, is sort of been around a little bit more. He's a little more crafty veteran, you know. Yeah. Um, they also signed Vince Wilfork as if they needed more help on their defensive line, <laughs> right? Because they've already got Jadavian Clowney and J.J. Watt, and now they have Vince Wilfork. Awfully good. <laughs> I mean, I suppose that's what it's going to take to stop teams like all those high-powered offenses we were talking about. Uh you know the Texans are probably going to wind up having the best defense in yeah. the league. Uh, so uh, they signed Chris Polk, who is very important now that Arian Foster has gone down. Uh, they picked up uh, Cecil Shorts. Everyone drink five. This is gonna. Uh, there's gonna be a lot of drinking for Cecil Shorts tonight, which we haven't done in a long time. Truly. But he was signed to a, a two-year, six million dollar contract, so that's not nothing. You know, it's not a huge contract. It's not nothing. Uh, I figure they plan on using him. Uh, I I picture him right now as the number two uh, receiver uh, across from uh, DeAndre Hopkins. Are we talking wide receivers right now? Um, Well, they also uh, drafted Jalen Strong, uh, third-round pick. So 
They did lose Andre Johnson. So, yeah, the wide receivers are important, but do you want to start with the run, the, the quarterbacks? That's the biggest thing here in Texas, right? Okay. <laughs> Wait a second. Only steers and queers come from Texas. You don't look like a steer to me. <laughs> I think the thing to talk about in uh, Texas right now is Arian Foster. Yeah, and, Arian uh, Foster is the, the running, biggest story. The running back situation. So what happened with Foster? Uh, groin. So he has a lot of soft tissue injuries because he's a 29-year-old running back who is very mobile, and he's had some great seasons, but he always gets injured for like some portion of it. He and probably doesn't do enough yoga. He probably does a lot of yoga. <laughs> and unfortunately for Foster, uh, that's happening early as opposed to late. Now, what that does mean is that Foster will be available if he ends up having surgery and doesn't play until the last half of the season really, really late in the draft. And this is what happened to me last year. One of the leagues I was in, I won because I got Foster super late. Now I feel like <laughs> I feel like he's going to be such a valued pick because it uh, was like a joke during the draft how no one was taking Arian Foster. Every time someone took a running back that wasn't Arian Foster, <laughs> it was like no one's going to take him. And Dave was Dave passed on him like two, two or three times. Why well, like, I won't take that. him. And then yeah, you, you I both perpetuated the stereotype and fed the other people drafting whiskey. You will, which is a great combination. <laughs> yeah, it means I win. It was part of your plan all along. <laughs> That's right. That's um, the first time your your plan has directly uh, like contributed to your victory in the league. Well, thank you, I appreciate that. <laughs> I mean, I, I I've had a similar plan before uh, in the dynasty league that I won, but uh, it it was it didn't work because ev- everyone win. everyone was so all in on that league that they were paying special attention. They're like, no, I will not drink. I must pay attention. <laughs> this is gonna be my team forever. The dynasty is a special kind of. You must of have awesome gotten now. me drunk because I drafted RG three second. Well, this is coming off of RG 3s amazing year. You I thought know. you thought that picking RG three and Aaron Rodgers would like confirm you as the champion for years to come. Uh, unfortunately, it was not to be. I do have uh, Rodgers and Roethlisberger. No, that's right an now, awesome combo. Excellent combo. Yeah, it's certainly not like the combo that they have in Houston. No. So so soft tissue. This happens to him a lot. Hamstrings, things like that. He uh, ended up tearing a groin muscle, and what we've heard so far is that he's going to end up going under the knife, and that will probably leave him out uh, because these groin injuries take a long time to heal, you can imagine. Mm-hmm. You don't want to tear open a groin injury on the field. That doesn't sound like a, oh. a good thing. So uh, he might actually you know, open up the season on the pup list, which would mean he wouldn't be able to come back for quite some time. Is that week 10? Week 10. So week it's, 10 for him. You have to miss eight games and one of their buys is in there. Or no, that's uh, uh, IR, designated to return. Right, yeah. right. So you have to miss eight games and then uh, the week 9 is their buy, so he can't come back to week 10. No, that's not guaranteed to have happened yet, but it is uh, like a, a plausible situation. It's li- It seems likely at this point. And if he doesn't get on that list, then... What does that mean? He's going to miss five yeah, or six games? Yeah, he'll probably be out for four to six games or something. Yeah. But they will want to have him back in like seven. Isn't there like a pup list that's shorter? That's only like six? I'm, I'm not really sure right now. But there are a lot of people in the backfield that they have. Alfred Blue, Jonathan Grimes, Chris Polk. Um, all of them are sort of middling. Uh, Alfred Blue did an okay job. Jonathan Grimes, I think, is the most talented guy in that backfield. Uh, however... It looks like the Texans are starting to try out people. They're trying out guys like uh, McKnight. Um, they're thinking about trying guys like uh, anyone from Moreno to Chris Johnson to Quan Ahmad Shaw. Bradshaw to Sean Green to Pierre Thomas. There are so many free agents right now that they could pick up and play. I I really think that, that that's going to happen. Like you were saying, Ray Rice. 
Ray Rice. I think the Texans are going to take one of those people out there. Mm. And yeah, Ray Rice is in the discussion Absolutely. as well. So who knows what's going to happen. But in your opinion, regardless of that, another one of those guys in the backfield will still get a lot of play. So uh, I think Alfred Blue is technically the backup. Um, yeah, he has done the most backup work for Foster. Between him and Grimes, they'll be getting the extra points. And remember how good Ben Tate was when Arian Foster was gone. That's because Houston has a good offensive line. Right. So you can expect one of these guys, if they can get a majority of the carries, to to you know really be fantasy-worthy. The problem is I get the sneaking suspicion that they're going to wind up splitting a lot of carries. Well, a lot of teams guys, are doing the committee guys thing. With like, yeah, 12 carries. Like yeah. three guys with 12 carries. Yeah. It'll be like Cleveland last year. Yep. <laughs> Alfred, Bru- uh, Alfred Blue has spent some time in the offseason uh, with Adrian Peterson, if if that means anything to you. Spent some time, what, like in a Ferris wheel? Yeah, they were just reading that, uh, together. They, they were, went to the county fair. They yeah. went to a movie. They got some funnel cake. <laughs> Imagine hanging out, but hopefully some of that uh, Adrian Peterson mojo rubbed off on them. I don't know. I'm, I am I like Alfred Blue. Look, uh, if, if anyone's trading. Because you want to yell, you're my boy, Blue? You're my boy, Blue. If yes. you're training with Adrian Peterson, then you must be working your ass off because that guy is a fucking tank. So. Yeah. Yeah, that, that's great. I mean, that's like they say the people that are training with Larry Fitzgerald or whatever. Like, the whole point of going to those camps is to work harder than you've ever worked in your life because that guy is doing that. That's like on the Steelers, to bring it back to the Steelers, working out with James Harrison. Yeah, who, unreal. Who is like 30 something crazy. He was like 36 <laughs> or something, but he's like deadlifting like buses. The guy is amazing. He's his whole his buses. whole Facebook page is you know his workouts of the day, and I mean that's yeah. it's unbelievable. He goes in there he and does monster. more work than anybody on that whole team. It's, <laughs> yeah. it's insane. But that's how I feel that. What? Blue, you're my boy. Oh. <laughs> you're my boy, Blue. It tastes so good when it hits your lips. <laughs> you're my boy, Blue. Oh, you gotta love Mr. Farrell. He is the uh, the theme of our gigantic league. Well, it's too bad that Will Ferrell can't go to all the, the uh, uh, preseason football games and play one of those for each team. I would love to see that HBO series. <laughs> he would end up in the hospital is what oh, would happen. Man. The baseball one will be funny. That one would be tragic. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so uh, so bring, us, bring us home. Uh, well, there is the quarterback uh, competition, of course. It's going to be between Ryan Mallett and Brian Hoyer. I want to know from each of you guys, who would you, with the knowledge that you have right now, start week one for the Texans? Hoyer is not the answer. Mallet is a big-armed young guy that could be a future franchise quarterback. So because they are not in uh, any arguments to win the Super Bowl, they start Ryan Mallet. not You don't Ryan think Hoyer. with that defense they feel like they could do something? I don't think they can win the Super Bowl. I don't either. So I think they... The coach's decisions will be to start a guy that could be their franchise player. So it's Mallet. Unless he does so terribly in camp that they just have to start the more conservative choice. I don't know. I, I disagree. I think every team almost comes in with uh, the mentality, we got to win now. And I think uh, they think, brought in. I think they brought Hoyer in for a reason. You think and, Hoyer's the game manager, like a Kyle Orton? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, so uh, I no, I think I think Hoyer is going to be starting week one. Do I think he's going to be fantasy relevant? No. So good. He'll be like the Rex Grossman that brought, you know, the Bears to the Super Bowl. See, I don't think that's going to happen. I'm, they, I'm, I know that they think they can get to the Super Bowl on defense. Yeah. Just two years ago, defense. Two years ago and last year, essentially, defense is what won the Super Bowl. You know, they shut down the. 
greatest offense any of us have ever seen. And, you know, they know that if they can do that, then all they have to do is score two touchdowns. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, I think that they think that they can make a run. And like you said, they're they they sh- they're probably going to go with Brian Hoyer because they think that they can win this year. Okay. Although maybe with Arian Foster down, they're going to have second thoughts. We shall see what happens. Um, so we, I think. Well, all I'm saying is that Cleveland got rid of Brian Hoyer. That's all I'm saying. End of argument. <laughs> that is a compelling argument. <laughs> so you, see, you see what I'm saying here? <laughs> I grant you that, sir. Moving on to the wide receivers. Um, so Andre Johnson is gone for the first time in 12 years. He's not going to be there anymore. Um, DeAndre Hopkins is already the guy who everyone knew was going to step up. Uh, last year, I think he had a better year than uh, Andre Johnson anyways. So he's clearly going to be the number one guy on this team. He is up there with like T.Y. Hilton for um, certainly the potential to be a top ten. Now, T.Y. Uh, has a much higher floor because no, of his quarterback. I don't think Hopkins makes the top ten, but I love I love him, though. I think he'll be great. I think Hopkins has the potential to make the top ten. Uh, but it's going to take good quarterback play yeah, for him to do well, it. Yeah, well, that's the thing. And yeah. it's just not there yet. Right. It just isn't there yet. It'd be better with Fitzpatrick almost at this point, you know? Yeah, what I mean... about old Tom Savage? Yeah. <laughs> uh, <laughs> heck, he could be the guy. I don't know. It's it's so screwed up. But, uh, so Hopkins, uh, number one on the team. And uh, who else? So the battle is really who's going to be number two, right? Uh... Yeah, essentially. So it's probably going to be uh, Cecil Shorts. Well, who are the candidates? Nate. So there's Cecil Shorts and Jalen Straw. But you're forgetting someone. Um, who am I forgetting? Nate he was Washington. first on Pittsburgh, then on Tennessee, and now he's on Houston. Nate Washington from Tennessee, who was taken uh, by Houston, uh, who is probably going to be like a really, a really good veteran overall, like slot receiver, sucking up uh, receptions. Um, in 2013, he had uh, 60 receptions for 900 plus yards and three touchdowns. Um, he's removed from his 2011 year, where he had over a thousand yards and seven touchdowns, and his production has been falling. But that's because he was on Tennessee. <laughs> yeah. So I honestly think he that, had Jake Locker. I think that Nate Washington and Cecil Shorts are going to battle it out. And Strong's a guy that's a rookie that has a lot of talent. But it's probably going to be in the wings until he like shows that he can come up and, and play a role. I I, I totally missed uh, Nate Washington. He was completely off my radar. Well, him and Shorts he are wasn't like the even same. on the transactions list that I had seen. Huh. Well, he got scooped up. When when did they sign him? Uh, I am like not... during free agency of like in March. Actually, I do know April first. Okay. All right. Um. So yeah, I mean, you, you got it. Uh, the tight ends, you know, they have Garrett Graham, and he is... Uh, not Jimmy's brother? Definitely not Jimmy's brother. <laughs> do, you like, do you like boat. Garrett Graham? Uh, I, I remember, like, his really good game two years ago. He filled in for Daniels. Yeah, he filled in for Owen Daniels. He had, like, two touchdowns and, yeah. like, eight catches. Um, he was a hot pickup. I think I had a couple articles yeah, about that. And, yeah. yeah, he really, like, he, he never... If you look at his career stats, he's like he reminds me of like Heath Miller. It's like there's just not quite enough there. Like you watch him and you think he's a good player, but overall, over his over time, it just doesn't add up to enough. Because they are not featuring the tight end position in like a move way. 
uh, so much every game for it to be a relevant fantasy player. Well, yeah. what's tough is the tight end they bring in on the goal line isn't any of those guys. It's usually J.J. Watt. So. <laughs> yeah, what he's, That's a good point. Did he scored yeah. four touchdowns last year? Yeah. I can't believe I don't have him on this list. Well, unfortunately, you can't select him in your yeah, fantasy so league. I, yeah. I think the tight end owned in Unless Houston would be J.J. Watt. If, yeah, you, got a point. you got a great point. Oh, man. I, I, he's going to score another touchdown this year. It's fantastic. Oh, absolutely. He's going to score a couple. He'll have a couple. I want him to go out and throw a ball. That's what I want. What's, I, that's what's, all I want in the world is for him to be the quarterback for one play because I know he could play any position in that league. Yeah. Awesome. <laughs> he is such a good player. What are we setting over under at uh, well, for offense? What did he get last year? Do you, can you check to see how many touchdowns J.J. Watt scored? I, I want to say four he had or five. Four. I think the over under should be set at the same that he got last year. Interesting. Didn't we already make this bet? I have no idea. I feel like we've made this bet already. You tell me. Okay, so anyways, he had uh, three receiving touchdowns last year. He had five touchdowns total last year. Five touchdowns. But last year, interestingly, was the only year that he's actually scored touchdowns. Uh, Right, but the thing is, they were using him... Uh, like as a surprise, though, you know, and, and it happened once, and people were like, "Wow, JJ Watt scored a touchdown." Well, that's never going to happen again. And then, it, like the following game, he had another one. I think there was he... that one touchdown pass where the corner was all over him. They knew it was going to him, and he still like almost like toe tapped the catch. So JJ Watt is three receptions and three touchdowns, right? They were it's like Teddy Bruschi who 100%. has who has ten career catches, ten career touchdowns. That's impressive. Yeah. Tom Brady's threatening him. Like it's nothing new. Like everyone, you know. So you're saying Brewski is the best, the best uh, receiver in all of football ever. Is what you're saying? Until, right. Until JJ Watt <laughs> has seven more touchdowns, he's not at Brewski's level. Okay. Although Watt has like a diving catch already on his uh, highlight reel. So yeah. what we're saying is Garrett Graham is probably not someone you should target because if there was a tight end, his name would be JJ Watt. Yes. <laughs> That's a good point. All right. You know, one of the teams that uh, that I really enjoyed watching last year was the Jaguars because I feel like their sort of young defense and like all the things that they're doing as an organization is pretty cool. Um, the Jacksonville Jaguars, and they were one of the only teams to to really shut down Denver for a little while. Say this is uh, one of my favorite beers of all time. Oh, the Ninja vs. Unicorn. Cheers. It is effing delicious. It's going to be available all the time now. So, we recommend Pipeworks Brewing from Chicago, Illinois. If you like hoppy, bitter beers, it's fantastic. So, uh, strange times indeed. The Jacksonville Jaguars are uh, sort of digging their way out of the basement. You know, no one's going to the game still, but if they keep offering the free Bud Light and the pool deal, <laughs> then I, I will fly to Jacksonville for that. I mean, because they eventually play people that are talented, you know. Sure. There, <laughs> no. there are eight games a year there that, well, seven probably. I'm just kidding. I actually like a lot of the Jaguars. I'll, I'll mention them as they come up, but I like I like them. Well, one of the ex-Jaguars is one of our favorites. They're, well, they're all fun players to watch, you know. All right, so uh, they added Julius Thomas. He's the new juice. I want. I want to start his nickname. He's the best player He's on the, the Jaguars. Juice. 
He is, yeah, he is immediately the best player <laughs> on the Jaguars. Uh, he got a five-year contract as a free agent. Um, he is probably going to be one of the higher-paid tight ends in the league. Um, and I think he's going to be pretty good. Uh, he actually has good value because uh, people just see Jacksonville. Um, so they claimed uh, Bernard Pierce off of waivers from Baltimore, but there is a lot of there are a lot of running backs in Jacksonville. So I don't think that Bernard Pierce is actually going to be of consequence unless there's injuries. Uh, they drafted T.J. Yeldon. Uh, he was their second round pick, 36th overall. He uh, looks like he's going to be slotted in as like the main guy right away, kind of like uh, Bishop Sankey last year, where he's a main guy, but there's going to be like a third down back and probably people to spell him. So. It's not going to be a ton of carries, but he'll have like 55% of the carries right off the bat. Uh, Rashad Green, uh, wide receiver, fifth-round pick, 139th overall. Um, so not like at the end of the draft or anything. Um, and departures, they lost Cecil Shorts. Let us drink one more to our guy, Cecil. 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 So he's in Houston, as we uh, just discussed. And they uh, released Ace Sanders as well. Uh, just a couple of weeks ago, he's the gadget guy. Yeah, um, but the the guy who is gadgetier than Denard Robinson. Their wide receiver uh, crew is very talented. They are all young and talented. It's, it reminds me of like the Young Money Squad from the Steelers. You know, I find a way to bring up the Steelers for each team we talk about. Yes, yes, good job. We should always drink whenever Dave brings the conversation back to the Steelers. <laughs> no, it was it was Mike Wallace. It was Mike Wallace. We would hope you so. Antonio ever. Brown and and, uh, and Emmanuel Sanders. Yep. They were yeah, awesome. They were. Got money. Those guys are awesome. And now they're all like big money. Yeah, they've really done well for themselves. They have. They probably get together like in, in secret, like once every couple of months, and like have this uh, giant party at a fun house as ballers. Uh, <laughs> at a fun house shows us. <laughs> and, and Antonio Brown takes his uh, yellow and black uh, Rolls Royce. Oh my through. God! It's that is. He's nasty. got the what is it the the Phantom or whatever. Yeah, the Phantom. Rose oh, Rose it's Phantom. so awesome. It's got yeah. his autograph on the side. Just yeah. custom Steelers. That's, everything. That's it's the best fantastic. car. Yeah. Riding around Pittsburgh, you see that thing? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Maybe. <laughs> Back to the Jaguars. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no. Infinitely more interesting. No. I know. Oh God! I guess we'll have to talk about the Steelers a few more times. Um. I do like their young uh, wide receivers, though. I mean, Allen Robinson. Uh, Allen Robinson is going to be a beast. Allen Hearns. Like, I mean, those are the, those young guys that, you know, yeah, like you said, Allen Robinson. We'll Marquise, Lee. Marquise, Marquise Lee. Marquise Lee. Rashad Green. Yep. Um, no, they're all really talented, but they're, they're all young. really talented, but none of them are as talented as Julius Thomas. No, but Allen Robinson could be a, could be a, like a, a, an amazing wide receiver this year. You see his stats from last year. Uh, he was fantastic, but unfortunately didn't play all the games, if I remember correctly. Yeah, so I hope that one of these guys uh, winds up starting all 16 games and can be fantasy relevant. Um, you know, I'm going to play uh, devil's advocate here with uh, Julius Thomas. I mean, okay. was his play more attributed to having Peyton Manning at the helm, a, you know, a veteran quarterback that... Produces good tight ends. Here's the way I see it. Despite his greatest talent being that he played with Peyton Manning, mm-hmm. he still is the most talented pass catcher on this team yeah. in my mind. He, I saw him make all awesome plays. It's not just uh, Peyton Manning. You know, Peyton Manning has tons of talented players around him. He always has. Um, you know that I don't. Want, I don't mean to discount what Manning does, but you know Blake Bortles can. Uh, use Julius Thomas in ways that he hasn't been able to use any of his players yet. 
Well, and that's also because of the fact that those wide receivers uh, that are on the team are all like second year or rookies. Yeah. So I mean, it's, it's and pretty... they're all going to advance too, and that's going to help Julius. Thomas. So I think Robinson and Thomas like launched themselves off here with Blake Bortles getting better uh, in this sort of fledgling offense as a team that will improve their record by a lot. Yes, I, mean, I were they three, so they'll probably win five three. or six games. I, I was telling Mike, I expect uh, both uh, these uh, the Jaguars and the Titans to win five or six games this year. And Indianapolis and Houston, so the whole division just becomes much better overall. Well, Indianapolis may improve by one game, and that you know is a you know that's enough to bring them to a buy. Houston talking about was Houston. nine and seven; they just need to improve by one game to make their way into the playoffs. Well, I'm saying it would be impressive if the whole division, all of them, if increased. all of them improve. That doesn't happen that often. You're probably right. I don't think the Texans are going to match what they did last year. Really? I don't think so. Well, they do have a big problem at quarterback. That's the main thing is this offense. Yeah, but they have had a problem at quarterback for the last two years. But Fitzpatrick is a much better manager than a guy like this sort of ruiner of teams in this Brian Hoyer. <laughs> or, or Ryan Mallett. You who can't can... blame Brian Hoyer for ruiner Cleveland. Once again, Cleveland let him go and picked Josh McCown. Yeah, they let him go because he didn't want to deal with Johnny Manziel's BS and yeah, being second yeah. fiddle to Johnny Manziel. He's, and he's probably like, like I am you know what? Here. You guys need to get me out of here. Yeah, it's not second fiddle to Johnny Manziel. Josh McCown is the starter in Cleveland. Yeah, that's well, how amazing. Well, I mean, Cleveland just is. after last year. That's why he I mean, wanted 2014, to get out of there. Yeah. Oh yeah, when their best receiver is Terrell Pryor, you have a you have a problem. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's probably one of the other reasons why he's I want to get the hell out of there. Great game. He's like, well, I don't get to throw to Josh Gordon, so what the hell am I doing here? Yeah. yeah. But enough about Cleveland. <laughs> <laughs> Every time we sidetrack to the AFC North, we have to drink. <laughs> I just want to talk about the AFC North. Every Let's day. bring up Baltimore next. Yeah, but no, I, I'm with you. I think the the receivers still have a lot to learn, and none of them have really broken broken out yet. So Julius Thomas is the guy there. And you but guys think that Allen Robinson is most likely to break out of the wide receiver pack? Oh well, Robinson was already great. Right. I mean, so. Last year, for example... I'm sure he's already at the top of the depth chart. Yeah. Like, last year, for example, he had games that were like uh, 8 for 68, 5 for 82, 5 for 60, 7 for 79. Uh, He only scored a couple touchdowns, but that was Bortles' rookie year. That was Robinson's rookie year. So it was developing chemistry, you know. I think this year will be Robinson and Thomas getting tons of of good stuff. Here's my theory. I I would draft either of those players because... I don't well. I don't know how. I don't know what Thomas's ADP is. His if, ADP is around 100 overall. 100. Yeah. So he's like late tenth round. Where's Robinson? I've got him in the seventh round, according to Fantasy Pros. We'll have to uh, compare Fantasy Pros websites. Maybe. <laughs> maybe we're going to different sites or something. Are you looking at like a weekly instead of the the overall draft? No, I believe I'm looking at overall. Okay. Well, I don't see how they could be different sites, but that is another discussion, I suppose. Um, why don't you tell us who you think, uh, how you think Bortles will do overall as a quarterback this year, and then who are the are the running backs to take? Is it Yeldon, or does Gerhardt or Robinson get involved? Well, um, I think that you know, starting with Bortles, he's going to be uh, slowly improving. You know, it's not going to be a huge leap by any means, but he is going to get better. Uh, they drafted uh, AJ Can in the third round uh, for as a guard, who's going to be starting right away for him. Um, they, of course, Jacksonville, as is tradition for them, lost their first round pick immediately. Uh, so that was Dante Fowler who tore his ACL. 
But I believe that happened to them last year as well, which means that this year, for the first time, they get one of their first-round draft picks. Hmm. So that's another improvement, you know, just a year late. Unless they lose it. Somehow. Unless they get hurt again. <laughs> they could have. So I expect Blake Bortles to do good things. He is the size of Ben Roethlisberger. Yep. And big guys have a really easy time in the NFL lately. So he's my size. They're, I mean, they're both 6'5". He's 6'5", 232. Yeah. Roethlisberger is 6'4", isn't he? I, well, he'd like 240. Well, okay. So and he's, he's like 6'4", 6'5". He's, he's a big dude. Yes. He's a, yeah. Roethlisberger is a beefcake. So, yeah, you're true. <laughs> That's true. But, yeah, so I'm, I'm 6'4", 225 pounds. So, uh, with the addition of but some you're muscle, a guitar player and they're football players. Yeah, but I'm talking about, <laughs> So like, you look a little different. <laughs> All right. Their well, shoulders are like horizontal. I can jam some Satriani better than Roethlisberger, I bet. <laughs> oh, no, dude, you can probably play guitar better than most people in the NFL. I hope if it's not all every people. single yeah. one of them. There's probably like one awesome guitar player if in the there, NFL. If there's like a guy, in there's the a guy NFL. who knows how to play like classic Spanish guitar. Yeah, all right. Like he's like an offensive lineman that you wouldn't expect. I know there's a lot of Hispanic, uh, you know, NFL players. There are several Hispanic linemen. There was uh, who was the guy on the Bears? It's like, uh, is that that small, frail Jewish NFL player that you're talking Garza. about? <laughs> Said no one ever. Or was it the was it the like the Chinese NFL guy that you were referring to? <laughs> yeah, no, no one ever said that they were uh, you know demographically uh, very. Uh, diverse diverse yeah. <laughs> anyway sure. they, they have people from Pennsylvania and Texas and California Ohio is among the people Wisconsin um, a Florida man probably a few Florida men <laughs> Warren Sapp classic Florida man now getting like thrown off of his network uh, so yeah Blake Bortles what was that? It was like Bionic Man or something? I was trying to find my spot. <laughs> I make random noises and I try not to do it when I'm on the podcast, but every once in a while I've had too much Ninja vs. Unicorn. That's like a talent though. I like it. It doesn't actually help me. Well, maybe it does. I don't know. You're, maybe you're I just quick. like to act like I'm in a movie. I like 80s television shows, you know, All right. that, that have like a sci-fi bend. When the characters make their own sound effects. I'm in. I'm into that. It's like mystery science theater, but... Uh, with the, just the actors making fun of the the thing. Wouldn't it have been better, like in Halloween the movie, if uh, if they're playing like the ch 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 ch, and then they like back the camera out and you find out that it's just the person. A couple of guys doing that. No, it's like the lead actors are just like sitting there making those noises. <laughs> <laughs> That's breaking the third wall, though. I suppose. Mm-hmm. I mean, yeah. What are you gonna do? Anyway, uh, so who's the running back uh, savant that we should... Should we go after Yeldon? Or do you think Gerhardt will actually do well here? Mm-hmm. Or does Denard Robinson, uh, you know, the shoelaces do pretty well? What, what's, what happens? <laughs> shoelaces. Uh, Wasn't that his nickname? Yeah. I think so, yeah, yeah. Yep. You're right. So TJ Yeldon, I think, like I said earlier, is going to be the guy who gets the majority of the carries, but only a slight majority of the carries. So it's a committee. Yeah, Toby Gerhardt's going to be a backup. Denard Robinson's going to be the third down guy. He's going to be the wild card. Uh, he's going to play a bunch because he knows the offense, because he knows the protection. They need to protect the young quarterback, give him some extra time. So as long as Yeldon can pick up some of that stuff, uh, he will get more time. But I expect, especially early, Denard Robinson to have you know a third of the carries, you know, 
at least a third to more of the time okay. in in the game. Well, Yeldon's there at a six-round ADP, so he's like literally just drafted after Joseph Randall. So do you think that uh, that Yeldon will do better or Randall will do better? I think Randall will do better. I, I think mean, Yeldon will do better. He's on a much better. better offense. Randall, I think, is for sure the number one guy there. He's been anointed by Jerry Jones now. Yeah, and that means... And that means everything, just like Felix Jones. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because Felix Jones is a wonderful running back. Well, I know. You, did you know that uh, Joseph Randall is Jerry Jones' great-nephew? That's not true. <laughs> it's never true when he tries, he's to, Phil, he's when Felix, he tries to attribute He's Felix Jones' second cousin, though. Everyone's related to Felix Jones in, in Jerry Jones' eyes, right? Everyone is a Jones. Right, everyone is Everyone is either a Jones or a Jerry. What's his middle name? <laughs> Jerry Jones? Yeah. Do you think it starts with a J? I don't know, but I think once he's done with his football thing, he could he could probably host like a pretty good talk show on Fox or on, on Once like he gets done ABC with his football thing. Yeah. <laughs> he's, once he's through this football thing. His name is Gerald Wayne Jones Sr. Of course it is. Wayne. Yeah. So his name is actually Gerald? J-E-R-R-A-L. I kind of like Gerald that. Wayne Jerry Jones. Yeah, he played a little football when he was younger. Pop Warner. Uh, well, he was on uh, Arkansas. And he was a coach, too, over there. Yeah, but that's not playing football. Arkansas college football. He played. Yeah. What did he play? What position did he play? Yeah. Um, Equipment manager? <laughs> <laughs> no, it was a, those were different days. Those were, those were different days in football when Jerry Jones was a football player. He was co-captain of the football team. He was a star running back. Oh, I thought you said Coke Captain, but that's not the Coke 80s. Captain. He was also the Coke. Well, I don't know. It was 1964. That's a little early for that. I'm just saying that Chicago's Bear Super Bowl, that was a white Christmas. <laughs> that one was. <laughs> <laughs> they had a hangover for three years. That's why they didn't win anymore. <laughs> so I think Yeldon will score more points in a standard league than Randall will. Would you be willing to bet me on that? Yeah, I'll take that. Great. What would you like to wager? I would like to wager four of these Ninja versus Unicorns. I don't think so. Okay. Uh, I think we you want should, to wager something bigger, don't I you? I think we should wager a uh, a trip to Pipeworks and a flight at Pipeworks. Okay. That's Ooh. fine. Sound good? Yeah, yeah. I mean, there you uh, have it. Mike, do you want in on the bet? I kind of want in on the bet, too. Which side so. do you want in on? <laughs> Jacksonville or Dallas? Yeah, well, you know, I'm going to be bold like Dave, and I'm going to take uh, TJ. Yeah, I think... I think Yeldon is going to get uh, a bulk of the carries, kind of like Bishop Sankey started. I hate comparing him yeah. to Bishop Sankey. I think, he'll get but the, I think he'll get the Jaguars share, if you will. Yes, the Jaguars uh, Jaguar share. share. Yeah, I like that. <laughs> okay, so if if I win, then you guys have to buy me two flights and drive me home. And if I win, I will buy each of you a flight. Deal. Uh, fair sir. enough. That's great. Okay. And you drive us home? Uh, we'll maybe find a different ride. We'll find someone to drive oh, all of us. So, so we're going to take the ride out of the bed then. Well, we should probably find a ride home from this. None of us should be driving I don't think home. we're going all the way to Pipeworks for one flight of beer. No. No. That's just the, the topper. That's just how we start. The, that's how we start. Yeah, exactly. Excellent work. Excellent work. Okay, so uh, so I think Yeldon will do well, but there is a chance he is uh, sort of caught in a committee. And, of course, anytime you're dealing with a rookie... You kind of have to temper expectations, as we always say, because not often do you find yourselves in possession of like a Odell Beckham Jr. 
type talent, you know. Although I must tell you, in the past couple of years, wide receiver rookies have been really good. Been a lot of them, yes. Yeah. <laughs> I think everyone's going to realize this year that DeAndre Hopkins is one of those guys. Oh, yeah. Because I mean, not that he's a rookie. He's, like I think, a third-year guy mm-hmm. now. Classic third-year breakout candidate. Totally true. Plus, they have his really good quarterbacks like Ryan Mallett and Brian Hoyer. That <laughs> 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 will definitely get that ball. Can we ball just talk about him. Cleveland, I guess? <laughs> Oh, oh wait, now we're on to uh, Baltimore or Cincinnati. There's no need to talk about the tight end position. I just must mention real quickly uh, about the fact that you know that uh, um, Mercedes Lewis was one of the top paid tight ends in football. Yeah. So now he's got Thomas there as well. I feel like... They've they got to cut Lewis at some point, right? No, they've had Lewis for so long. It doesn't even matter if he does well. I think at this point it they're just... It doesn't even matter if he does well. They just like... <laughs> they like to see him drive around Jacksonville. They, they, he sells a tickets. a dude named Mercedes. They like, like to see him drive around Jacksonville in his Mercedes. He's, he's, <laughs> he's, he sells tickets. He sells tickets. He's Maybe. good with the community. Yes. He hands out the programs. He has a blackmail <laughs> He's a very nice. information on the owner. Yeah. <laughs> He's keeping Mike locked up in cage. All right, so the last team, last team on the docket, what do we have available to us? Well, him? I just want to uh, present to you one of my theories about Jacksonville before we end here. Um, that it's not really a city? That it doesn't <laughs> exist at all. <laughs> like Finland. Anyways, um, I think that some of the garbage time points you're – you know, used to from Jacksonville are not going to be there this year because they're going to be a lot closer in games. So it's going to be a lot tougher for them to score like an extra two touchdowns at the end of the game that they shouldn't be scoring. Well, uh, Cecil Shorts isn't there either, so he can't score them. Well, someone else would score them, but I'll drink for that anyways. <laughs> no, I'm with you. So, so with being closer in a game, it means that the defense uh, of the opposing team is not going to play them as loosely. Exactly. Um, but I do think that as they as they sort of rise up as an offensive unit, that that difference will kind of uh, cannibalize itself because they're getting better. So yeah. if they get better, then yeah, they don't have the garbage time, but it's all going to to go into their actual offense, yeah. actual real offense. Or it's a real live offense over there in the Jaguars, maybe. Yeah, the real offense is going to pick up a little bit. Um, so I guess what I'm just saying is, don't expect the garbage time points. How much better is Blake Borders than Bortles? Blake Bortles than Brian Hoyer? Um, he's exactly three better. Three chips ahoy, chewy uh, chips ahoy, better. Uh, I, I prefer the regular chips ahoy, but yeah, for sure he's. better. You don't like the chewy chips ahoy. I just said I prefer it. Hmm. I'm not saying anything bad you about like the, the ones that crumble away. all over you yeah. and leave, they just leave crumbs all over. <laughs> <laughs> what are you, some kind of cookie monster? <laughs> are you saying that you can eat a chewy Chips Ahoy with no crumbs whatsoever? I don't know, but I'm trying to picture as a cookie monster and you're wearing a white shirt and that's so racist. Well, the cookie monster is blue and I don't have a blue shirt. I'm on. just done with this conversation. <laughs> We're talking about the Cookie Monster instead of the Jacksonville Jaguars. Well, you're we right. We cannot you're stay right. on Jacksonville Jaguars. What we Jaguars need to talk party. about is the Pittsburgh Steelers. <laughs> what we need to talk about are the Tennessee Titans. Though. Well, I think we need a, some kind of song to play to lead us into the Tennessee Titans. To lead Titans. us into the Titans. What is the Titans really... theme song? Is there even a Titans theme song? Does that exist? Uh, I mean... I'm guessing it's like, Titans, Titans, Titans. <laughs> it's probably get, like, Remember the Titans? <laughs> teen Titans? Teen it Titans. It seems to be Teen Titans. Team Titans? Teen. Like, from Cartoon Network. No, no, that's not what the theme song is. No, I know that. Did you find I it? I just searched for Titans. Why would you search for Titans? You have a search for Titans NFL theme song. Come on, you're a professional Googler, I thought. All right. 
I've never heard this before, so I'm excited. Okay, <laughs> Joe. <laughs> what did you put on? This is the Tennessee Titans fight song. Remember, they used to be. This isn't their theme song. It totally is. Really? It's their fight song. They've gone from being spoilers to starting six and oh since they moved to Tennessee to call it home. Poor Oilers. And they came within a yard of winning in the Super Bowl. They've had the same head coach. This is an old song. They just had a picture of uh, Jeff. What's his face? I wonder if they get excited after games to sing this song. Tennessee Titans. That doesn't happen. Is it like Go Cubs Go at Wrigley Field? Do you think Tennessee? Are you talking about the audience or the players? The audience. Okay. No one gets excited to see the Tennessee Titans. Yeah. I was entertaining thoughts of going to see the Steelers in Tennessee, and I was like, no, because I'm going to have to see the Tennessee Titans. <laughs> so instead, you're seeing the St. Louis Rams. Yeah, well, to be honest with you, that's like league-leading defense versus league-leading offense, which I'm actually kind of excited about. It should be a pretty cool game. No, it's going to be great. I'm um, jealous. <laughs> well, I'm going to leave this dreadful song on in the background while, while he starts telling us about the Titans. <laughs> I love this song. Uh, so the Titans drafted... Uh, this year they drafted second overall. They picked up Marcus Mariota, and he's a quarterback. He was second overall. Doriel Green Beckham, a wide receiver, was drafted in the second round. So that would be what thirty-four overall. Yeah. Um, and uh, David Cobb. And David Cobb. I don't see David Cobb. He's oh, as a rookie. What round was he in? Uh, I think he was pretty high up there, but I don't know exactly. Yeah, because it was like, well, they just picked up you know Bishop Sankey, but they have David Cobb. Anyways, we'll get to the uh, running backs in a minute. They uh, got Brian Arakpo, who is a uh, was a linebacker. I think now he's a lineman from Washington. He no longer does caveman commercials. And um, uh, they have Dick LeBeau now. Of course, you would include Dick LeBeau in the list because he's from Pittsburgh. Okay, well, here's the thing about Pittsburgh. Even though I like to talk about them, all the stuff that happens there is relevant. Oh, of course. So, it is. like Dick LeBeau being one of the best defensive coaches in like the last half century. Um, is it's an important kind of grab as an assistant head coach for the Titans because they didn't have the best defense in the world, but they had players, they had playmakers. So he's going to be trying probably here to uh, to mix them into uh, you know a halfway decent defense. Mm-hmm. And there's a reason the Steelers got rid of him. He's just too old and too set in his ways. But maybe he can make an impact here in such a crappy franchise he's an all-time great uh assistant head coach um defensive coordinator and him being there is going to improve their defense you know just five places at least yeah exactly for sure just because the defensive guys are like we're playing for dick they're gonna and they're gonna have like a a really good plan they're gonna know what they're doing he knows every team out there Mm. yeah like no problem they're gonna have much improvement on the defensive side uh they picked up hakeem nicks as a free agent i would assume uh, from Indy, you know, Hakeem Nicks. They need some wide receiver help. They also picked up Harry Douglas. He was on Atlanta previously. Harry Douglas has had good years uh, when Julio Jones went out. Um, but, you know, unless Harry Douglas is going to be the guy who gets force-fed the ball, I don't see him as a guy who's going to be breaking out for tons of fantasy points. Uh, leaving the team was Jake Locker. They finally decided that that experiment is over. 
And uh, Sean Green has moved on to the Jets, I believe. Sean Green and, is a free agent. Okay. Uh, Nate Washington is in uh, Washington or in Houston now, uh, as I learned earlier tonight. Right, right. So, um, you know, they're going to be rolling with Marcus Mariota right out of the gate, right? They're not. There's no more Zach Mettenberger? Well, he is the number two, uh, firmly entrenched, and definitely Mettenberger was someone that uh, a lot of people uh, that were following the Titans wanted to be their quarterback. He's a kind of a statuesque, big pocket passer, which is someone that could have done a really good job there, depending on the scheme and situation. Um, but he was not like a number one pick kind of guy, right? Someone that would grow into the role. He didn't have the pedigree. So, well, the, the problem is that, that Tennessee has been sort of uh, fawning over these big, huge picks, which is exactly what Tennessee did. And in fact, a lot of people have said that the offseason this year for them was really, really good because they did pick up guys like Green Beckham and Cobb and Mariota. Uh, by the way, uh, the right way to pronounce that name is apparently like Mayota. Uh, Mayota? Like the R is kind of silent-ish. Mayota? Something like that. Well, he's from Hawaii, right? Yeah. Um, so... So Jake Locker's gone. Mettenberger is the backup. Uh, Mayota. I, I'm just going to call him Mariota. Mayota. We'll, we'll figure this out. I will look it up. Thank you. Uh, so Mariota was number two overall. Obviously, they're going to start him. He is kind of like a Colin Kaepernick sort of athletic uh, runner. They're going to have designed runs for him. But he is a much better passer than Kaepernick was. He threw really, really well. He won the Heisman. Uh, so he's a guy who's going to perform well into this year. But not a guy that's going to perform well with the crew that he currently has on on Tennessee. So that means he could be kind of a low-level quarterback, too. uh, But he's always going to have that possibility of running for 100 yards and scoring a couple touchdowns, which would make him a fantasy-relevant player. However, redraft leagues, he's going to be on the waiver wire. That's just how it's going to be until either he performs well for several games in a row or um, it's three years from now. When they actually have talented wide receivers. Yeah. So uh, do you want to learn how to pronounce Mariota? Sure. Okay. It's Mario Ta, and that is how you pronounce the name, because Mom called from Hawaii, Matt, and said, listen up, folks. Mario Ta? It's Mario Ta. Mario Ta. I've heard three different ways to pronounce it today, so I do not Well, apparently it. that's, from, that's mom. from his mom. If that's from mom, mom, then we'll have to go with that one. It's Marcus Mariota. Mariota. <laughs> <laughs> okay, from now on, it's Mariota. Hmm? Yeah, I think. Mariota. I kind of like it because no Sounds one. Sounds like it belongs in a stick song. Well, nobody else is saying that. A stick song. <laughs> Can you sing it? Can you sing it for me? <laughs> no, I think Mariota. Want to like double Oliato, Mr. Roboto. Oh, you're bringing double Mr. Mariato. Double Mariato, Mr. Roboto. <laughs> I like how we fit it into different stick songs. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> so, Marcus, Marcus Mariota. I don't like saying that. I, I have to be honest with you. <laughs> okay, so, so let's talk about the receivers that he has to throw to. So, Kendall Wright... Uh, he was really good in the second year, 94 receptions for 1,079 yards and two touchdowns. He was not a touchdown guy, uh, and that's just because it was Tennessee, and a lot of those touchdowns came from the goal line back um, or the tight end and not from, um, from the wide receiver. But wonderful PPR guy to have. I mean, that's almost 100 receptions and over 1,000 yards. But he didn't do very well last year. He almost halved his stats. And it's probably because he was uh, sort of... Clashing with uh, with the Wiz, 
You know Ken Wizenhunt? Mm-hmm. Clashing with the Wiz. He didn't really get along very well with him, Next apparently. Next on E, Clashing so, with the Wiz. A lot of people were saying that he was kind of biding his time until he's not with Tennessee anymore, which is a really unfortunate outlook. Uh, but I think that he'll improve his position, but, but end up somewhere in between, like... Uh, that good 2013 year and then the bad 2014 year. Let's say he has like 70 receptions for 750 yards and four touchdowns. That means that he's basically off the most people's radar and he's only really going to be good for a dynasty or PPR league at like a wide receiver four or five position. Uh, unfortunately, I like Kendall Wright. I think he's a good receiver, but he's just not going to succeed in this offense. I don't know. I think I, I think especially in PPR, he has a little bit of appeal there, just because, like you said, I think his reception. I mean, he's going to be the number one targeted guy on, on Tennessee. Well, that's what I I'm think saying. Without a doubt, I think he'll get 75 receptions. Yep. So that makes him a PPR guy who's a fill-in mm-hmm. starter, but he's not going to be like your wide receiver two. No, maybe not, but as a bye week fill-in, yeah, a flex yeah. player. He's playable. And, and if Mariota, you know, if he comes out... Uh, Mariota. No, Mariota. Mariota. Yeah, My bad. Yeah. Uh, you know, you're bad, actually. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> Very succinct. He was, he was taking responsibility for <laughs> it. Yeah, guys. I like it. But uh, if he builds a chemistry with them, and, you know, that's his... Go- he has a possibility to be there. I wouldn't draft him as a wide receiver, too, but I think he's an eye up high upside guy you can get later in the draft and uh well i agree with you i just think in redraft leagues he's not really draftable is he being where's he being drafted right what's his 15th round i think Uh uh-oh he's he's saying things from his uh his i am not i am taking from your source for the tennessee titans uh yeah 15th round oh there you go fantastic so uh, i'm reading what you wrote i know (laughs) in my notes yeah 15th round so that means that in a a regular standard league with the regular standard slots he is borderline undraftable um but in a ppr league i think he does move up a little bit so justin hunter uh was a guy that could have been really good apparently just had a felony assault and they don't like him very much and for good reason justin hunter's had problems Almost every year. So I don't expect him to be in NFL very long. He's, he's one of those guys that's not going to make it. Now, they drafted Doriel Green Beckham. Uh, and Beckham is supposed to be one of those like amazing super athletes. He's like 6'5". Um, he's uh, 237 pounds, as it says uh, in his uh, rookie draft information. However, he reported to camp at 246 pounds, which is huge for a wide receiver. And apparently he is just like... That's kind of big for a tight end. He's hard to be. <laughs> he's hard to be like uh, controlled. He's not a guy who is very mature. That's Ben Roethlisberger running past patterns. <laughs> <laughs> well, Terrell Pryor on Cleveland is like that now. He's he's actually going to end up being. Yeah, a, but I bet Doriel Green Beckham's much faster. No. 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 Terrell Pryor is runs like a four or four. Oh wow! Yeah, still. He, Impressive. He's he's a huge dude, uh, but he's also really fast. It, Green Beckham is is a giant red zone threat that I'm not sure is going to work out because he's just so um, you know not prepared for the NFL yet. So I think he's a project personally. I know some people that think otherwise, uh, but I think they're wrong. Uh, I think that this guy is someone who's going to start off um, very slowly and not really catch on for quite a while if he ever does in the NFL. Yeah. So I think uh, it's much more likely that Harry Douglas becomes that number two guy. And like you said, Douglas had a lot of good games for Atlanta, filling in for, for when like Julio Jones or Roddy White was injured. I think that him and Kendall Wright can be a good combo. And Hakeem Nix is there um, as well. However, I don't 
think Kakeem Nix <laughs> has anything to contribute to the However, football world. However, that means world. nothing. Well, let's be honest. His production has declined for four years in a row, mm-hmm. and I just don't think he's relevant anymore. Nope. He's going to go the way of Plaxico Burris. Let's just hope he doesn't shoot himself in the leg. Ah. Uh, so let's talk about uh, running backs. Anybody want to take a shot at that? Uh, well, you know, Sean Green was the guy in Tennessee, but they got rid of him this year. Uh, they have Bishop Sankey from last year, David Cobb, who they drafted, and one of my favorite guys who <laughs> never works out, Dexter McCluster. He was always like in a couple of weeks, he'd be like a wide receiver slash running back. Yeah, and I'd be like, oh, like he'll have a good game. <laughs> he'll have like a return and a regular touchdown in this game, and I'll be so smart. And it worked out like once or twice. You get like two receptions for 30 yards. You know, I, I would like have him on my bench and I would like only start him like once or twice. Yeah. And I usually was right when I started him, yeah. but having him on my bench was still a waste. <laughs> Uh, anyways, uh, it looks this year like Bishop Sankey's going to be the guy to lead the pack, right? Um, they're going to be they're going to have to lean on the running game a bit to help out their rookie quarterback. Uh, I do expect all three guys to have a decent amount of action. Yeah, in each so it's going to be a big committee, basically. But I, and I think it's going to be kind of similar to what I see Jacksonville doing, where uh, Bishop Sankey gets about half of the work, and the other two guys will split the rest of it. And it's probably going to be more to like Dexter McCluster than David Cobb. Although, you never know. I mean, a lot of this stuff that we've been talking about throughout all the teams is going to be decided in camp. All these second and third uh, like running backs and stuff Well, McCluster like is a gadget guy. David Cobb is like a future actual lead back if it works out for him. So Right, but if it's not working out for Cobb, then Dexter McCluster is going to be getting more carries and more receptions. Yeah, they're all... It's, it's going to be a questionable situation in general. Yes. Yeah. They need David Cobb to work out. Mm-hmm. They need everything to work out for them. They do. Otherwise, they're going to have some trouble. Absolutely. Uh, so finally, uh, they've got Delaney Walker... At tight end, um, he had two decent years. Uh, he had uh, 63 receptions for 890 yards just last year. Uh, puts his ADP between ele- the 11th and 12th rounds of the draft. Uh, so after you know the guys uh, in Indianapolis stuff like that, um, he seems like he's talented. He's put up some big games and some really impressive plays, um, but he's really at the very tail end of the top 10 tight ends. So would you take him as one of your like last tight ends? You know, maybe if I'm waiting on a tight end till uh, that late, Delaney is a guy I do keep an eye out for. I mean, okay, I usually uh, I don't always think that way, but you know, they uh, a lot of uh, other sports casts say you know uh, rookie quarterbacks uh, their their safety blankets a tight end. Totally. I don't know I don't know numbers behind that, but I would look for uh, Mariota to scramble Mariota. Mariota? Uh, <laughs> Mariota. Mariota. Uh, to scramble a bit and, you know, look for a security uh, blanket. So since Delaney Walker has been in Tennessee, he's had 60 receptions. Uh, like both, every year. Both years. Uh, he had 571 yards. Last year he had 890. Um, I, I, I think he's a big target. Uh, I think he'll have a good year as a, a late-round uh, tight end. Would I target? Okay. Do I peg him as a... You know, a top five or seven guy? No, but no. do I think he could squeak into the top ten? Absolutely. Do you? Do you? Would you take uh, Julius Thomas before him? Then yeah, yeah, me too. Yeah, and then, frankly, I would probably rather target Thomas. But where is Julius Thomas going at? I, I was. What I saw was that Thomas was like late tenth round. So we're talking Walker eleventh, twelfth. So not an exact combination or comparison, but it's mm. it's close enough. Yep, absolutely. 
Um, so, you know, they also have Anthony Fasano, who is of pretty much no consequence. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, Tennessee Titans, you know, they've got the he's a great guy. quarterback, <laughs> Anthony Fasano. Have you met him? Well, he's Italian. He's Italian. Hey. hey! Why are we making this about Anthony Fasano? I don't know. You made it about Anthony Fasano. <laughs> no, I, I hear that, like, uh, he's a guy that, that donates money to charities and, like, runs these little operations, and it... Good, good thing. Good he's, guy. He just looks like a good guy. Yeah, he has no mob ties at all, probably. No. Right. Uh, so, uh, anything else on the Titans that you want to discuss? I mean, we we didn't get sidetracked talking about the Titans. We didn't talk about any other divisions uh, in the league. So, um, well, if you'd like to listen to any of the other divisional shows that we did, we did all of them. So they are available on the website at drink5.com. Um, it was interesting talking about the AFC South. I wish we could have gotten more into the Pittsburgh Steelers. <laughs> <laughs> You'll get a chance when we talk about the running backs and the wide receivers and the quarterbacks. Okay. Well, okay, so so who is the team in this division that does worse than they did this year? Because there's always one of them. I think it. the one that's most likely is Houston. Okay. You want to believe in Houston. You want. I to. want to believe that their defense can win big <laughs> games, but the juggernaut offenses that we're seeing are just too good. And you know what? Houston has linebackers and defensive linemen, but I don't know that they have cornerbacks and safeties, which is what you really need against Antonio Brown and Marcus Wheaton. You know, and Andre Johnson and T. Y. Hilton. Like, good luck, guys. Yeah, it's you gonna know, be tough. The the Seahawks are like one of the only teams. Or Jordan Nelson and Randall Cobb. Oh, jeez. It's too hard, man. It's too hard for them to cover everybody. There's uh, a lot of good combos out there. I mean, a team like this in Houston could have won the Super Bowl in 1990, in 1995. We should do top five wide receiver combos around the league. Yeah. Well, uh, anything else you guys want to bring up as far as like uh, news around the league or any uh, you know last thoughts on any of these? Uh, anybody want to discuss Tom Brady? AFC South guys. <laughs> No, you told us that we were, were unable to discuss Tom Brady until the matter was completed, which is kind of ridiculous, but I, I have to go ridiculous. by what you're saying here. It's completely ridiculous. <laughs> I, I, I personally, if you want to discuss it at all, my, my entire opinion is that uh, it is a terrible precedent and it is something that the NFL should not be doing and they're just going to make a fool of themselves if the Patriots bring it to court. I agree. I really don't see how the NFL can win uh, by continuing to push this. Yeah, they're just trying to be like, like the obstinate parent or something, and, and it's not really doing anything. Yeah, they're for trying them. to take too much control away from the owners, and the owners won't have it. They're richer and more powerful than the NFL. Whether staff. or not Tom Brady did this whole thing on purpose or not, which he probably did, you know, but not. <laughs> no, no, but but that's not with like super ill intent. It's just that like he told them to deflate the balls a little, and they went too far, and now everyone's in trouble. Yeah, you know, but but a lot of quarterbacks do that stuff. It's not that far fetched. Peyton Manning spoke up and said he. Does that stuff? Andrew Luck likes to have the balls like overinflated. Like it's it's a baseball's thing. history involves like different kinds of cheating throughout the years. Yeah, like people use spitballs and then people put tar on their fucking hat and like, then people started taking steroids. Like yeah, it's just what's the new cheat going to be? Until right, someone puts like, a patch on. It. If you're not trying to cheat, you're not trying to win. But let's be honest, they did not they did not need to deflate the balls in order to beat the Colts. In the that the game. Patriots just keep getting caught. <laughs> I don't understand. Like they're they're really good at winning, but they're really bad at getting caught. Unfortunately for the Patriots this year, they have no defensive backs, so they're not going to win. Yeah, their secondary is bare bones. 
Yeah, it's very unlikely. You know, I, I don't. I don't think that Gronkowski can can carry the entire team on his back. Maybe half the team, <laughs> maybe three quarters of the he team. He can try, I mean, and they don't have Vince Wilfork anymore. Is he like training in a forest with JJ Watt somewhere <laughs> in Montana? <laughs> <laughs> Gronkowski is no, like JJ Gron- Watt's like uh, long lost twin. Vince Wilfork. He's, he's Gronk's at a bar in Vegas right now. He's off on a cruise, like trying to introduce no, himself to people. Man. That was funny. <laughs> Vince uh, Wilfork walks up to some people on vacation after the Super Bowl. A big guy wearing a Wilfork jersey. And they're just like, hey, can you take a picture of us? Like, not the guy had no idea who it was. I thought it was a random dude. He's yeah. like, he's like, that's a cool jersey. You know who that is? They're like, oh, what? And he's like, oh, that's me. <laughs> <laughs> well, because a lot of people wear jerseys. They don't know what the players look like. Right, right. The only time they see them is when they're like, I come from Pittsburgh University. Yeah. I was looking up Cecil Shorts today. I was like, man, if I ever like saw him walking down the street, I would not recognize him. But we like... Talk about him all the time, just well, you know. But do you have a these... Cecil Shorts jersey? No, but that—that's what I should get. Absolutely, no, you have to get. Well, I have to get a. Do you uh, have your Heath, Heath Miller. Miller jersey? You don't have it yet. No, by no, the way, he has about a month to get uh, to buy us dinner at a Brazilian steakhouse yes. and buy a jersey. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Yep. There's some things. The that's... time, the time has come today. There's some things that need to be taken care of before <laughs> the season starts. Yes. Oh well, it was a great show. Anybody have anything else to add? Um, I do not. No, thanks for having me on. It was fun, guys. Thanks right. for joining us, Mike. You're welcome. And Mike is actually joining us in Drink 5 in general, joining the staff here uh, this year to do a little bit of writing. Uh, that is to be determined exactly what that's about. But we look forward to seeing it and reading it on the site. And uh, to all the people that were listening to us and are listening to us on demand, we want to uh, to give a great apology for how terrible we are as uh, as podcast hosts and, <laughs> and how little you should be paying attention to our sage advice. This is opposite day, though, right? Isn't it? Isn't it opposite day? Uh, it is opposite night. Did I get that confused with talking like a pirate day? Well, it has to be opposite <laughs> night. If it's opposite, then you have to... Or is it pancake day? day? One of these days. It's one of the... There's a, there's what a, day is it today? There's something every day. There I don't know it, what it is. There is something. It's like Donut Day. No, Donut Day was a month ago. Anthony Fasano Day. It might be Anthony Fasano uh, Day. Could be. Could be that one. He's a good guy. Great guy. Great guy. Great guy. Great guy. What national day is it today, dude? So, uh, Drink5.com. Check us out at Facebook at uh, Drink5 Network and Twitter at Drink5. Uh, and we are also on other social networks. No, we're not. <laughs> Facebook and Twitter guys That's where we are Go check us out Follow Stephanie us Stephanie tells us like it's us, Donut Day Etc It's Donut Day? Apparently I was right? I don't know No Oh you uh, just guessed Donut Day? Yes oh. Well it, it, more Let's likely, make it Donut Day Why Probably more likely That it was Anthony Pisano Day Oh I get it Anyway Thanks a lot for listening And uh, we will be coming at you Next week uh, and that is, uh, the date is the 11th of August with the draft show. We'll be going over all kinds of draft strategies for all kinds of different leagues. We encourage you guys to come onto the chat room and, uh, and give us some questions and, and pose your situations and we'll be able to help you out a little bit. So uh, let's let's all say goodnight, guys. Goodnight. Cheers. Goodnight, guys. Goodnight, guys. I do not attempt to adjust your radio. I do not attempt. We have taken control as to bring you this special show. We will return it to you as soon National as you Chocolate Chip Cookie Day. No. I'm not even kidding. <laughs> Better known as We Funk. That's National Night Out Day. Connection.